This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Stretch run of Grant and Danny taking you up to 6.30 tonight right here on 106.7 The Fan. The intersection of sports and law. Well-traveled, I would say, more so often than we'd like. Especially around these parts. But we need answers when it comes to stories where law and sports collide. You know that. We like to say we're, we're not adults in this regard, so we go to the experts. And Michael McCann, who we love having on the show over the years, at McCann Sports Law, legal expert for Sportico, an attorney and a law professor, joins us now on Grant and Danny for some insight on what's going on with Dan Snyder. Also, just within the last... 12 hours or so, there's a development on Brian Flores' suit against the NFL and Mel Kuyper's number one prospect in the NFL draft this year had a warrant issue for his arrest today, so we'll cover all that. Michael, thank you for the time. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. It's great to be back with you guys. Uh, always a pleasure, sir. All right, let's start with this. What potential legal ramifications are there for Dan Snyder? Like, the, all the way to the maximum, everything is as enforced and as, you know, to the, to the nth degree. What is he facing, potentially? Yeah, in a worst case scenario, and we're nowhere there, you know, we're nowhere, nowhere near there yet based on what we know, but he, he could and others with the team could be charged with crimes. We know that a federal prosecutor is looking into allegations that the team mishandled its money in a way that could constitute fraud, conspiracy, maybe bank fraud. There are all sorts of possibilities depending upon what. They find now that's again that's sort of the worst case scenario, and the investigation may not yield anything in terms of, of criminal acts. But just having an investigation by a, a federal prosecutor is pretty pretty disturbing, uh, and certainly not what the NFL wants. And and I'm sure Snyder uh, has reason to be worried. Based on what you saw yesterday in the ESPN report. Do you think this rises to the level of bank fraud? And a second part to this question would be, how common are some of the shady things he did for billionaires who run businesses to do when he's paying himself $4.5 to put a logo on his plane, those types of quirky accounting things? 
Yeah, in terms of bank fraud, it, it could be bank fraud, although I, I when reading that story, I thought, well, why did the bank loan the money if they didn't have the requisite approval, right? So, I mean, there, there's parts of the story that don't seem complete. Bank of America must have been satisfied with whatever they got. Now, if they were lied to, that would that would be potentially bank fraud if they were under the impression they had representations that the board had voted on this. But it doesn't sound like that's the case because the ESPN story also said that the bank was trying to get the actual letter that said that there was approval. So it's, it sounds like, again, we don't know all the facts, but from what, what was presented, the bank gave the money and then later on sought the approval. I mean, I question why that, why wasn't the approval there first? But in any event, I mean, that, that could be bank fraud if there were misrepresentations. In terms of teams doing these things, it wouldn't surprise me if this is not an isolated thing in the NFL or in pro sports in general. I think if, if we started scrutinizing teams really carefully, like the commanders are being scrutinized, probably wouldn't be the only time something like you know, the, the, the logo on the plane. If, if I had a hunch, I bet he's not alone in doing those sorts of things. But I think the totality of everything that's been that he's done and he's alleged to have done puts him in a position where every day there's an seemingly every day there's sort of a new controversy. So there's a lot of attention being directed towards him. Sportico's Michael McCann with us here on Grant and Danny, one of our favorite legal experts. So, Michael, the, the timing is just fascinating because you go back uh, the day before in the evening. Washington Post story, Dan Snyder is demanding indemnification. He wants to be free of any you know, further down the line legal proceedings, which looks a little strange. Then the next day, the ESPN story drops. What did you make uh, of that story? And just, I mean, walk me through what that might look like. Yeah, one is that there are leaks. So somebody's leaking stuff, and, I, and maybe multiple parties are leaking things, which, which I think is telling because it suggests that the league's posture is, is changing, that they're viewing him – they're going, maybe they're trying to get him out, doing it more aggressively. They haven't yet gone to the point of voting him out. I don't think that's going to happen because that would trigger litigation. But it seems like there's now renewed pressure to convince him to sell the team. And and maybe maybe the, maybe the there's frustration that he's you know allegedly excluded some buyers. I mean, the, the league wants it to, the team to sell at the highest amount. So there are a lot of things going on. The indemnification piece... Uh, it could be a function of Snyder really concluding that he's going to sell the team and he's trying to get out without potential litigation being held against him down the line. For instance, the, the sexual harassment claims could could continue to be a source of litigation and he wants to be indemnified, but there's really no precedent for that. I mean, owners don't get indemnity. The uh, Stan Kroenke tried to get it for the Rams lawsuit when they moved from St. Louis to Los Angeles. And the league essentially said, no, you, you, we're, not, we're not giving you that. And I can't imagine that's going to happen for Snyder because if he gets it, then other owners are going to demand that. So I don't think the league wants that precedent. It's also, look, I mean, if he sells this team for, what, five, six billion, whatever is the amount, why does he need indemnification? How much liability is there? I mean, it really raises the question. If I were the league, I'd be worried that what, what exactly happened with that team if he's going to pocket billions of dollars and still needs or is still worried about exposure. I mean, wh- how, how bad was it? That's a great point. You can see why we wanted to talk to Michael McCann is joining us here on Grant and Danny. I want to go back to something you just said about voting him out and the litigation they could follow. T- 
Take me through that. How would that process actually work? Do you know? Because I know there's no precedent for it of actually voting him out, the 24 votes that would need to come down. How then is he forced out the door? And then when you say litigation, is, is that a certainty at that point? I think it is. So what would happen is he has to be formally charged. He'd be charged by the league. And then the, and the charge would say, in essence, you've you violated the league constitution. And as a consequence, the penalty is expulsion. There would then be almost like a trial where other owners would serve as the jurors. It would be an arbitration, but it would seem like a trial. The league would hire attorneys to basically act as prosecutors. Snyder would have his own set of attorneys. And this is where it gets interesting, I think, because if any of this happens, one of his defenses, I'm sure, is going to be, hey, that other owner did that and that other mm-hmm. owner did this. And he's, gonna, well, he's been there since 99, right? So he knows where the skeletons are. And if I were an owner and I had done some things that were questionable, I wouldn't want that. I wouldn't want any of this, right? Because it's, and I'm sure things will get leaked. I mean, if all of the owners are hearing, it's just like one owner to leak something. We know uh, the media for NFL is pretty aggressive. So I, I think, honestly, I think it would be uh, a really risky move on the part of the league and other teams to do this, especially if, uh, you know, the old saying, people in glass houses shouldn't throw stones. If any of them have anything on them and Snyder knows about it, it will come out. But let's say he's voted out, then then my the, the, the resolution would say it's final and unappealable, but Snyder isn't going to care. He's going to file an antitrust lawsuit, I think, in that scenario. He's going to say the leagues and the owners have conspired to exclude me from my team. It's hurting the fans because it's going to depreciate the value of the franchise to have the owner kicked out, and there, there starts an antitrust case, and he'll seek a restraining order to stop him from losing the team. It, it will be a total mess. Michael, do the three former minority owners here in Washington have any recourse? Their their sort of position seemed to be kind of shushed and and shoved to the side by Goodell and company. They took some money, and sort of that was the end uh, from them. Do they have any recourse here? You know, my sense is they got their money, and there's probably – I'm speculating. I haven't seen it. But the contract where they got their money probably says they relinquish any potential claims against the league, against Snyder, against other owners – uh, the, the league always goes out of its way to try to get people to wave away claims. It's smart. It's not, it's not a bad thing. It's just, it makes sense. So again, without seeing those contracts, whatever they sign and getting their money, I'd be, I wouldn't be surprised if they have language saying in so many words, as a condition of you getting all this money, you relinquish potential claims you may have against Cadell, the league, Snyder, et cetera. What do you think is going to happen, Michael? I think he's going to sell the team, pocket a lot of money, and the new owner comes in and people forget about him. I mean, honestly, I, I, I think that's the most likely scenario. I, I don't think – I know there's a lot of drama, but I feel like unless he really did something that was criminal, I mean, I, I, I guess that could be true. I just – until it happens, I'm always a little bit skeptical. I mean, an investigation itself doesn't mean that there was a crime. But short of that, I think the most likely scenario is he sells the team, the city is happy, there's a new owner, he pockets the money, and we don't hear from him, honestly. Michael, how do the other outstanding investigations play into this? D.C. has their multiple lawsuits. We know the Eastern District of Virginia. The state of Virginia, I think, is conducting something into the financial impropriety. We've got all sorts of things from everywhere. How do they sort of affect our timeline, sale, and, and everything they're in? 
Yeah, so and I, that goes to the indemnity of what he wants because that stuff isn't going to be resolved anytime soon, in all likelihood. The, the, certainly the, the criminal investigation and indemnity clauses are going to help him out because if he's charged, no matter what, I mean, indemnity only goes to civil litigation. So if he's charged, he's charged. But uh, in terms of the D.C. lawsuit, uh, other claims that are civil, th- those things are going to go on for a while. And I don't think they would slow the sale of the team. He would just have to know that he may end up being a witness. He may end up remaining as a defendant. He may end up, uh, you know, being part of a settlement to resolve claims. He may have legal fees. So there's a cost there. But if the team sells for what it probably would sell as, you know, I'm not an accountant, but my instinct is he's going to have a lot of money. Brian Flores' suit with the NFL, the race discrimination case. I saw there was a development today. What's going on there? Yeah, the judge, so the judge advanced most of his claims, the claims against the teams that weren't the Dolphins. So the Giants, the Broncos, and the Texans, where he argues that they engaged in race discrimination when they interviewed him and didn't hire him. But the claims against the Dolphins were kicked to arbitration. And the judge said, look, you sign an employment contract that has a mandatory arbitration provision. You, you got to abide by it even if you think Roger Goodell is unfair. And the judge there said Tom Brady brought that argument, arguing that Goodell was unfair in the Deflategate case. In the Second Circuit, the Federal Appeals Court rejected it. So the case against the Dolphins, the one involving you know, Stephen Ross and all of that, that's basically that's kicked out. That's now going to arbitration. But the other parts of his case continue. So it's sort of a mixed ruling. I mean, most of his case continues, which is good for him, I think, the aspects of the case that have attracted a lot of interest are, are now no longer part of it. So to me, I'm thinking back and just sort of want to tie this in here, Michael, the John Gruden case that was allowed to kind of go forward. And then also here with, with Brian Flores, the part from, from our perspective, just as you know, I'm, I'm sitting here on my, on my couch intrigued by this sort of stuff is the discovery, right? Is uh, like you're talking about on the record testimony from folks, but by the sound of it, it, it may seem like maybe some of those key people won't be on the record then when it, when it comes to this for, for public discourse? What do you make of it? Yeah, any of the Dolphins stuff won't be. Okay. But 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 the Giants, uh, the Broncos, I mean, there's an allegation against all of those teams that they were basically giving him sham interviews. All of that stuff continues, and, and that may yield some interesting things. And but, Although I, I, before it gets, it's going to be a while before it gets there, and I always have felt this case probably ends in a settlement where the league announces a new policy, where they compensate those that um, uh, contend that they have been wronged by existing policies. I, I don't, the NFL just doesn't really let things continue in court generally. So if that's the form here, then it, my guess is that this ultimately ends in a settlement. One other uh, story to ask you about just timeliness today, and I hate to end on a down note because this is tragic out of Georgia, but obviously right after the, the Bulldogs won their championship. They had a player and a staff killed in a car accident. And at the time, we didn't know this, but we've since found out that Jalen Carter, who's a star defensive player on their D-line, and is Mel Kuyper's number one player, Michael, in the NFL draft class this year, he was allegedly racing, it sounds like, was on the scene, then left before coming back. And I guess from what I was reading today, allegedly didn't tell the truth to... Uh, the police that were investigating, there was a, a warrant issued 
for his arrest now as he was at the Combine meeting with teams this week as the number one draft prospect based on racing the car that crashed and those two folks died that were his teammates. I mean, the whole thing is just, it's awful. Um, fill in some of the blanks, though. Like, what happens now and what do we know? Yeah, I mean, you, you got you got a lot of it. You got the key things, certainly the awfulness of it. The only thing that's helping him, I guess, is that he's been charged with misdemeanors rather than felonies. And the misdemeanors call each call for a maximum of one year in jail. So in a, in a sense, he's fortunate that he wasn't charged with something worse, like a felony. That doesn't mean he's going to avoid jail time. But, uh, you know, of course, he hasn't been convicted yet. But, but if that reporting is true, that he misled prosecutors, that he left the scene and came back and told different stories and things like that, I mean, we'll find out. He, he, of course, has said that he's innocent and that he'll be exonerated and he'll have the right to defend himself. But, yeah, it, it's, a, it's a game. Obviously, the incident is just horrible in terms of the draft. I mean, teams care about judgment, right? So is, is this a worry uh, for a team, especially if they have a top pick, that, uh, that he allegedly used that sort of judgment? Um, and also he could, I mean, conceivably the NFL could, could argue that he's subject to a suspension. Although it gets interesting there because this happened before he entered the league, but yeah. It's, What's it's, the policy it's, on that? Yeah. Can they retroact? Can they suspend him for something that happened in college? The answer to that should be no. And I've, and I've written that, that he's not a member of the union at that point. He's not subject to an NFL contract, but Terrell Pryor, right. Was uh, Terrell Pryor was suspended for stuff in college, the tattoo things. The NFL suspended him five games. Uh, I never thought that was particularly fair, but uh, that that was sustained. So, wow, I forgot that. That yeah. is crazy. I was thinking, there, there were other players I know that had incidents before they became pros, and and I don't think they had repercussions for them. So that is fascinating. Uh, Michael, one last one before I let you go. Just circling back to Dan. Obviously, everybody's kind of got the owners' meetings. The end of this month in Arizona, sort of targeted as a meaningful milestone date, whatever. What sort of timeline are you looking at here for any kind of resolution with regards to Snyder, one way or the other? Yeah, I mean, I think if Snyder gets a sense that he's not going to get indemnity, that there continue to be leaks that paint him in a really bad light, maybe that motivates him to sell the team and, and reach an agreement by then uh, with a prospective buyer. We know that there have been offers. And, and look, we know that this is this is a team that you put a new owner in there, uh, look, I, I went to Georgetown, so I lived in D.C. during college, and I remember the team from the 90s. I mean, that, that is the number one team in the city. Uh, so you put the right owner in there, and people will forget about Dan Snyder, I think, pretty quickly. And if I were him, I would think about selling and getting out. I mean, trying to stay on is just going to uh, – there will be more leaks, I suspect. Michael's a great follow for uh, Intel, like what he's been providing in this segment. Legal expert at Sportico. You can check him out on social at McCann Sports Law. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. You got it. Have a good night. Thanks, Michael. Absolutely. Be well. There's Michael McCann on Grant and Danny. We did not talk earlier today about that Jalen Carter story. I mean, it's one of those that it's just, it's hard to even discuss. Yeah, there's there's just nothing good about it. It's all, you know. But that's the allegation for people that, that haven't heard the story is, you may have heard right after the championship, it was actually after their parade, it was like the hours after that, that there was this crash that led to a death. Um, 
one of the passenger, in fact, died on the scene, and then I believe the driver died at the hospital. The the player was the passenger, and a staffer who's involved in recruiting was the driver. One was 20 years old, the player, and the, the uh, staffer was 24. But apparently they've since found surveillance, and they have seen that there were three cars, and there was basically movements that uh, make them think they were racing, and one of the cars was at 104 miles an hour, and the whole thing is scary and awful. But Jalen Carter, who Mel Kuyper thinks is the best player in the NFL draft. Top five pick. Unequivocally a top five pick. Yeah. Like, does he go two? Does he go three? Does he go four, right? Um, he's at the Combine. Was supposed to talk today. Was supposed to do a press conference with a hundred and some reporters. And then they said, actually, never mind, as a warrant was issued for him. It's just awful. Yeah. And it's, you know, I hate to be flipping about it, obviously, because we're talking about loss of life and the tragedy is just sort of beyond words here, but we're just doing our dumb little sports show. How do teams look at that? I mean, that, that's a, that, that could be your scared straight moment where, yeah, that's the worst mistake I've ever made, and I'm never doing anything like that again. Or is it, you know, it, it, emblematic of a pattern of, of poor judgment and recklessness? I, I don't know. It's going to be fascinating. But again, I, for example, you go to NFL.com, Bucky Brooks, the guy we've had on the show who we really like. Number one overall pick, Chicago Bears. Stay and take Jalen Carter. Like, that's what we're talking about here. It's... Yeah, it's 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 a shame. Uh, hopefully, uh, as we get more details, they uh, come out to support what he's claiming, which is that the allegations uh, aren't what was happening that night. It is time for our power play. Three of my favorite words in the English language, folks. Late night caps tonight. Ugh. 10 p.m. East time. The worst. In Anaheim against the Ducks, the really, really bad Ducks, who I watched beat the Capitals here at Capital One Arena a couple of days ago. That was kind of the, like, moment where we go, all right, sell them. (laughs) It's been fun. They'd actually already made the Orlov-Hathaway trade that day, but you're right, that was kind of the icing on the proverbial cake of this is not going to go well. Uh, But they're out west, maybe get themselves a win tonight. The sell-off has continued since, including today. Lars Eller on the move for the Capitals as they add another draft pick. So, Danny... Dimitri Orlov, Garnet Hathaway, Gustafson, Eller, Johansson, Johansson, all moved. All of them on expiring deals. About two, you know, month and a half left of those guys. Uh, they get uh, Sandine, two twos, two threes, and Craig Smith back so far. As Brian McClellan continues to wheel and deal with the reload. I want to see some Hershey Bears, and I want to see Ovi score. That's why I'm tuned in the yeah, rest of the season. Can we play some of the former first round picks? By the way, I, whenever you get a chance, guys. It'd be nice. You're, we're we're almost all on the same page, but there's this one part where we're not on that page. Just get on that page. Got a big playoff game tonight. Yes, Team Forest Green, huge one. Team Forest Green. So I'm on Fanduel right now. Yep. Uh, your son, who is seven ish, nine, not not wow. nine. That's that is old. You're used to seven and nine. That's the confusion it's around here. Come on, yeah, Uncle Jeeps. What are we doing? Seven I, and nine. It's all right. Well, it's. A, <laughs> I mean, he's just a big boy. What What are you gonna do? So he's nine. So I've got him on Fanduel. The over-under set at four and a half boards tonight. I'm going to hammer the over. Hammer the over on that. Okay. He had eight in his last game. I've got .5 points. Under. Uncle Jeeps is taking the over there. I'm going to change that if you want money. Hammer the under. I got faith in my guy. That's, that, that is, you're going to be one leg shot on your parlay. He's going to the cup. And Not a score. That, and then they are favored to win by three and a half. Yep. I'm taking a cover. I think Noah goes off tonight. You don't You don't even have to buy the half point. Let me say this. Smell test. Team Forest Green beats Electric Blue at home. Thanks what, to Charge. What's my guy Kev think about Noah tonight? So, listen. This is a huge deal for them because if you stop K- 
Keegan and Noah on Team Electric Blue, you've got a great chance to win. Nolan for Forest Green over 10.5. Hammer it. Four and a half over, half point over, three and a half cover. Let's do this thing. Here we go. FanDuel Sportsbook, youth basketball. That's the newest chapter. Nine U. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Go get it. I know you got to hit the road. For Danny, I'm Grant saying so long. Thanks to Darius and Ryan. If you missed Jahan Dotson, he was sensational on the show today. Grab that podcast, thefandc.com. Linnell's got overtime next. Thank you for coming. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.